the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever dear. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ. I'll not Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Breidenbaugh of the Gospel Defender Ministries. The message that you are about to hear will encourage and equip all who have ears to hear to be Christians, clothed with the armor of a Gospel Defender. I'll not surrender. I'll not surrender. Ladies and gentlemen, in this hour, I want to bring to you a message about nothing. Before some of you respond with, uh, so what's new? He's been doing that since he's been on the radio. Let me assure you that as I bring to you this message about nothing, it will be based upon something. The most important something that one could possibly concern himself with in this life, the Word of God. God forbid that you should consider the Word of God as being nothing. Albeit this message about nothing will come to you from that Word. Week after week, we preach about something that is important to our listening audience, but at this time... I want to preach about nothing that is important to our listening audience. You will find this message about nothing between the two lids of your Bible. So with nothing else to say as a part of an introduction, let me now bring to you a message about nothing. There is no better place to begin than at the beginning, so I think I will. In Genesis 1-1, we read that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It is in Hebrews 11-3 that we have a commentary upon how God performed this mighty act of creation. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. In Psalms 33, verses 6 through 9, we have a further explanation of this matter. By the word of the Lord, 
heavens were made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord, that all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The first thing I need to point out in this message about nothing is the fact that according to the inspired word of God, God created the world and all that is therein from nothing. God did not renovate something that was already in existence. God created from nothing all that your eyes see, your ears hear, your fingers touch, your tongue tastes, and your nose smells. This is the only intelligent way to account for the existence of anything. Unlike the imaginationists who must begin with something, those who fear the Lord and stand in awe of Him begin with nothing. Ask those who believe in a theory of imagination where the things of this world had their beginning, and they must trace them back to something that was already in existence. The mind of the imaginationist can go no further than to have the things of this world come from something that was already in existence. This is because man's mind can only rearrange and redesign. He cannot create something from nothing. But by faith, we understand that by the creative power of our eternal God, who has no beginning and is without end, was able to create all things from no things. When we consider the fact that God made all things that are from no things, what a powerful message this is, a message about nothing. Next, as we hear this message about nothing, consider what is written in Psalms 119, verse 165. The psalmist wrote, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Those who love the word of God are not offended when it is preached in all of its fullness. Nothing about the word of God will offend them. The word of God may convict them of their sins, but nothing about it will offend them. The word of God may cut them down to size, but nothing about it will offend them. What else would we expect the word of God to do? It is a living and powerful and sharper than two, any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Concerning those who love the word of God, the word of God says, Great peace have they, and nothing causes them to stumble. It is not an oversimplification of the facts to say that the reason some people in the church get mad when sin is condemned is because they do not love the Word of God. I am not misrepresenting the facts when I say the reason that some so-called members take their Bibles and leave the local congregation, go home and never return, or go out and find someone else to attend 
because they hear the preacher call for repentance in the lives of church members is because they do not love the Word of God. Someone who loves the Word of God does not get mad and is not offended when the sin of denominationalism is exposed or when they are reminded that unless one is immersed in water for the remission of sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, one is not saved, regardless of what some other preacher has said or what some denominational church accepts. Real lovers of God's Word do not get mad at that kind of Bible preaching. At least that's what the book says. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Countless people use the old, time-worn excuse that they have left the church because they have been offended by the preacher or by some Christian, when the fact is that all the preacher or all some Christian has done is to have simply stated the truth of God's word regarding these matters. The problem is not what the preacher or some Christian member has said. The problem is the recipient of the message who didn't love the message from the Lord. One time the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. That is the real reason for most church problems and church splits. It isn't the preacher, it isn't the people. It is some church members' rejection of God's rule over the church, which includes them. They reject God's rule over their lives because they do not love the Word of God and use the excuse that they have been unnecessarily offended. They say they love the Word of God, but that isn't true. Because the psalmist wrote, Great peace have those who love your law and nothing causes them to stumble. Ladies and gentlemen, when we consider the fact that when one loves the Word of God, nothing causes them to stumble, what a message this is. A message about nothing. Next, as we consider this message about nothing, consider what is written in John 15, verse 5 concerning Jesus Christ and his disciples. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. In this message about nothing, let me remind you that without Christ, you can do nothing. One of the things you cannot do is to be saved from your sins without Jesus Christ. Just a few verses before this, John 15, verse 5, Jesus said to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Nothing could be clearer than the fact that no one will ever be received of God the Father except that person goes through Jesus Christ. You say, well, doesn't everyone believe that? No, ladies and gentlemen, everyone does not believe that. Not even some who profess to have membership in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ believes it. Oh, they wouldn't admit it. 
the fact of the matter is, not everyone believes that going through Jesus is essential for salvation. Not even some in the church that Jesus built. Not long ago, a lady in the church told me that her husband told her, Listen, when the gates of heaven swing open and the saints go marching through, I am going to be in that throng of people. The man who said that says he believes in the Lord Jesus Christ and has even repented of much sin in his past life. He has confessed his belief in Jesus as the Christ and has been immersed in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of his sins and to receive the indwelling presence of God's Holy Spirit. But this man no longer graces the assembly of God's people. He no longer, if he ever did, contributes to the work of the Lord Jesus Christ either, either financially or otherwise. He no longer reads and studies his Bible, and he has no prayer life. One could not be any more unfaithful to the Lord Jesus Christ if he were to try. Yet when the gates of heaven swing open and the saints go marching through, he will be in that throng of people, or so he says. His problem is thinking that because he was once saved, he will always be. He became a Christian the New Testament way, but he intends to stay one the denominational way by believing once in grace, always in grace, or once saved, always saved, or eternal security. Whatever the popular modern denominational cliche is regarding this doctrine. But Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Not even march through the pearly gates when they swing open for the saints of God. Without Christ, you cannot get saved. Without Christ, you cannot stay saved. Einstein discovered the formula E equals MC squared, but Jesus taught a far greater formula. A minus C equals zero. Anything minus Christ equals zero. Zilch, naught, nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, you may be the most moral person who ever walked the streets of your town or city. But unless you have obeyed Jesus Christ for salvation, and unless you stay obedient to Jesus Christ unto death, you will never march through any pearly gates when they swing open for the saints of God. Even for the moral Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, the formula applied. A minus C equals zero, nothing, anything, a devout life, a fear of God, a generous pocketbook, a prayer life, a sense of justice, and a good reputation among people, anything minus Christ equals zero, zilch, naught, nothing. When we consider the statement of Jesus, without me you can do nothing, we must admit what a profound message this is, a message about nothing. Next, we listen to this message about nothing. As we do, let us consider what is written in 1 Timothy 6, verse 7. We brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. We might call this a profound statement in the double negative. We brought nothing into this world. It is certain we can carry nothing out. 
Paul wrote this statement towards the end of his life and was well qualified to make this profound statement in the double negative. One of several paradoxical statements uttered by this ace of an apostle is that of 2 Corinthians 6 verse 10 in which he said of himself as having nothing and yet possessing all things. Paul said he had nothing yet he possessed all things as an obedient servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. As a servant who sought the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, Paul said, I have nothing, and yet I possess all things. Paul said he did not possess any clothes, houses, boats, cars, bank accounts, furniture, jewelry, color TVs, rec rooms, or any other of the necessities of life that we sometimes think we must have. Not even a dumb phone. Yet what Paul did have was all things. Things that were of real eternal significance. Paul had salvation. Paul had the Holy Spirit. Paul had brethren in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul had membership in the church Jesus built. Paul had a purpose for living. Paul had a personal knowledge and relationship with God the Father. Paul had a glorious future ahead of him, dwelling eternally in the presence of Almighty God. Paul had nothing, yet possessed all things. Paul had what most people want, but just don't know it. Paul had what most things appear to offer, but none can deliver. Paul had what most souls are hungering and thirsting for, but cannot find in materialism, liberalism, permissivism, or all the other isms. He had nothing, and yet possessed all things. It is a double negative fact that we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. The next time you attend a funeral service and the corpse is laying there all dressed up in a shroud, notice that even the makers of those garments believe Paul's profound statement in the double negative there are no pockets to be found on a shroud. For this reason, Paul said, godliness with contentment is great gain. There is many a man and many a woman, both Christian and those who are not, who on the judgment day shall learn and understand the profound truth of this statement in the double negative. Paul said, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Consider yourself to have been commanded. Ladies and gentlemen, when we consider Paul's profound statement in the double negative, we must confess again what a message this is, a message about nothing. And now a word about nothing and salvation. We cannot let this hour go by without sharing with you what Jesus said you must do to be saved from your sins and how this relates to this message about nothing. Jesus said, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. We can say without resting the scriptures that Jesus said belief plus baptism equals salvation. If one can believe what Jesus says in Mark 16, 16, 
one is a fool if he doesn't, when one believes that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and in obedience to that belief is immersed in water for the purpose of receiving salvation, that person is saved. Just like 1 plus 1 equals 2, B plus B equals S. We would never accept any formula that said 1 minus 1 equals 2. 1 plus 1 always equals 2, and 1 minus 1 always equals 0. And so it is in spiritual mathematics. B plus B always equals S. B minus B can never equal S. It always equals nothing. Belief minus baptism equals nothing. Jesus said so in the second half of Mark 16, 16. He who does not believe will be condemned. If you do not believe the first part of Mark 16, 16, you are condemned and have no salvation according to the second part of Mark 16, 16. Jesus said, you do not believe that belief plus baptism equals salvation, but believe that belief alone or belief before baptism equals salvation. You are damned, lost, condemned in your sins. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Do you believe that? If you do, you will be saved. If you do not, you will be condemned. It is really a very simple spiritual formula to understand. Take belief, subtract baptism, and you have nothing. You have no salvation. You have no remission of sins. You have no promise of eternal life. We can say the same thing regarding the formula set forth in Acts 2.38 in which it is written. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is written that repentance plus baptism equals remission of sins. When one repents of his sins and is immersed in water to receive the remission of sins, that person is saved. Just like 1 plus 1 equals 2, R plus B equals RS. We can never accept as truth 1 minus 1 equals 2, and we can never accept as truth R minus B equals RS. It will always equal nothing. Repentance minus baptism equals nothing. Jesus said so through the lips of his inspired apostle Peter. If you do not believe the left side of the formula of Acts 2.38, you cannot receive the right side of the formula. If you do not believe that repentance, R, plus baptism, B, equals remission of sins, RS, if that is what you believe, you cannot have the remission of sins. Just like belief, B, plus baptism, B, equals salvation, S, the formula of Acts 2.38 is pretty simple to understand. It would take professional religious help for you not to understand it. And there is plenty of that kind of help in today's confused religious world. Take repentance, add baptism, and you've got something, the remission of sins. When we consider the fact that this message about nothing includes a message about salvation, we are forced to admit what a 
powerhouse of a message this is, a message about nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, I would continue, but at this point, I have nothing else to say. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever dear. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ. I'll not surrender. I'll not Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Breidenbaugh speaking, and you have just heard another Gospel Defender Ministries radio broadcast brought to you by the gifts of Christians and Churches of Christ to help us to preach all of the word to all of the world. Remember, thus saith the Lord, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. So find someone today who will immerse you into Christ today before it is everlastingly too late. If you would like to receive a written transcript or an audio copy of today's message, or be added to our mailing list for our bi-monthly Gospel Defender Journal, write to us today. All of these materials are free of charge with no obligation from you now or in the future. Our mailing address is Gospel Defender Ministries, Post Office Box 575 Chillicothe, C-H-I-L-L-I-C-O-T-H-E, Chillicothe, Ohio 45601. You can also contact us through the World Wide Web at www.gospel-defender.org. We need to hear from you as soon as possible, so please take the time to do it right now. And now until next time at this same time, our prayer is that you will be steadfastly set for the defense of the gospel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.